Well, we have the Revenue Minister, David Parker, on the line to talk about a big speech he gave today, which uh, on the face of it uh, looked very exciting because he was talking about fairness and about tax policy. And uh, if you were a, a longtime follower of the tax debates of the last decade or so, uh, this is something that you could get very excited about. But then the first sentence, David said, today I'm going to announce nothing. And uh, luckily I read the rest of it. So tell us what you were trying to do with this speech. Well, we've got a problem in New Zealand in that our, our tax debate is ill-informed because we've got very poor data on uh, the current tech, the outcomes of the current tax system that we've got. Um, especially in relation to the distribution of GST uh, and what rate of tax is effectively paid on the income of very, very wealthy people. So the speech was really about how we address both of those issues. Yeah, because on the face of it, when you look at our tax system, it seems progressive. You know, people who are uh, on the highest incomes, or at least the PAYE incomes from labour, are paying higher tax rates than those on lower incomes. So uh, why may it not be as progressive as we think? We've got really good data on the PAYE that you pay on your salary or your wages. Uh, indeed, that's returned every fortnight to Inland Revenue electronically. We've got good information on interest paid and dividends, uh, but we've got very poor data on uh, the capital income, which is concentrated at the top end. Uh, and we've also got poor data on the distribution of the cost of GST to people. Um, they're sort of two slightly separate issues uh, and you might want to deal with each separately. Yeah, so let's, let's start on the GST, uh, which as you say, uh, every business um, is involved in collecting and uh, passing on GST. And then there's a bunch of people who are income earners who pay GST. But uh, why is it we, we can't know exactly, we don't know exactly at the moment, uh, who pays the most GST and, and what it represents as a you know, share of their income and therefore whether or not we might have a progressive or even something different, regressive tax system? Yeah, well, qu quite a few people think that businesses actually pay the cost of GST. They don't. They actually collect it on behalf of inland revenue. Um, but the cost of GST is passed on to their customers. You know, you pay the price plus GST for goods and services that you buy, whether it's an electrician or the groceries that you buy at the shop. So the businesses collect it and they pay the cash cost of it, but the, but the economic cost of it is borne by the people that pay for the goods and services. And we pay for those out of the money that we earn. Uh, and so effectively GST is a tax on consumers of goods and services that include GST. So that part's you know, easily explained. The next bit's a bit more difficult to comprehend as to who pays how much GST according to their income or wealth. And that's where we've got less than perfect data, um, but, uh, we need to have a better understanding of whether the cost of that GST is a higher proportion of income for lower income people or a lower cost and how it changes through the income and wealth deciles and how it changes over time because it's, it's, it's quite complex for some people because a lot of people, you know, when you're young, you don't earn much. When you get a bit older, you earn a bit more and you start saving and 
those savings don't incur GST and then you spend your savings as you get older. Uh, except, of course, if you're very wealthy, uh, you, you, uh, you, know, you accumulate savings and they don't go down. So you've got to take all those things into account to properly get a picture of whether GST is a regressive or progressive tax. So that's the GST part of it. Um, what about the income uh, from capital? Well, um, this in, until a few years ago, people used to think we had a good a good handle on that in New Zealand through survey measures of wealth, which in New Zealand's mainly the Household Economic Survey collected by the Department of Statistics. But then Thomas Piketty came along and he proved that those survey measures of wealth don't work at the top. Uh, and that's for a number of reasons. One, uh, the questions that are asked in a survey are pretty simple. And if you've got a complex uh, set of financial affairs and involving perhaps multiple discretionary trusts and uh, private company investment vehicles, a survey never gets to the bottom of that wealth distribution because the survey questions are too simple. There's a number of other factors behind it, but those are probably the main ones. And so uh, when I became revenue minister, I started to drill in whether the survey measures of health were good enough and uh, in the end proved that the highest uh, wealth ever found through the household economics survey was uh, $20 million. Uh, now that's patently wrong because we know that we've got billionaires in New Zealand. So that survey at the top end is that out not just by a factor of uh, you know, 10 or 20, it's actually out by a factor of hundreds. So and, we've got to do better. And what have you found so far? I know it's early days, but um, uh, any sense of you know, how different it might be from what we've found in the economic survey? Well, uh, again, we, we, we're not through the findings yet, um, but we also found that when the Inland Revenue Department tries to get information from people, they can get it for you and me very easily from our wage and salaries. But they found that when they were seeking information about income that is real income but is not taxed, the intermediaries who hold that information on behalf of the, you know, the, the, you know, the, the, the very wealthy groups that we do have in New Zealand, uh, sometimes refuse to provide that information saying that the Inland Revenue Department wasn't entitled to it. We discovered that uh, this is more of a problem in New Zealand than it is in other countries because in other countries, Inland Revenue has the ability to gather information for our policy purposes, not just for tax administration. So we fixed that hole in the law last year and we also uh, um, gave some money to Inland Revenue to do a, an investigation as to what is the income and tax actually tax rate actually paid by some of these uh, wealthier groups in society. And that project's now underway. And um, were you surprised by how some of the wealthy ind individuals responded? Because um, if they've got nothing to hide and uh, they want a fair tax system as well, you'd think they'd be a bit more open. Well, some are, some aren't. Uh, I, I suppose it's a pretty common human behaviour that we, uh, that you know, lots of people try to minimise their tax, just like you try to minimise other expenses. Uh, but I think it's a proper public policy question to have good facts on as to what is the real rate of tax paid by different people. I have a suspicion that middle-income people uh, pay a higher rate of tax in New Zealand than uh, people who are wealthier than them. And that's just, if that's true, that's not fair. You mentioned in your speech um, 
that the opposition have proposed uh, changes to tax thresholds, uh, which it says would address this, uh, would address an issue of the squeezed middle. Uh, we don't have all the details, of course, of exactly how this would work, um, but you compared uh, that proposal with what the previous national government did with their big tax switch, so-called, so uh, in 2010-11. Um, so uh, how does the opposition proposal stack up on a fairness point of view in addressing this, this middle that you talk about? A couple of issues there. Look, you can never take the politics out of tax, and there will always be political disagreements, uh, and it's very proper that there are. Um, but there are a couple of issues here. One is, uh, you know, I think that the National Party's proposal to cut taxes on people earning more than $180,000 will actually increase the squeeze on the middle rather than decrease it, because, of course, the middle doesn't get the majority of those tax cuts. Um, but this inquiry goes a bit further than that, because at the moment, there's quite a bit of income that sits outside the tax net completely and is untaxed, even though they're very large amounts of income sometimes. So we just want to get a handle on what the truth is, really. We're not uh, designing any tax solutions to it. We've made it explicit that we're, you know, this isn't, uh, we're not introducing a capital gains tax, we've said, or any other taxes during this term of parliament. Um, but we want to get a, an understanding of who's paying what in tax to assess that against some tax principles. Uh, and perhaps that'll lead to a fairer tax system in the future that makes the economy stronger. Yeah, because uh, um, you go in the speech in quite some detail about the idea of fairness in a tax system, which is hard to define or put your finger on. And also the question of uh, why fairness might be good for everyone in the long run. What do you think fairness means? Uh, I think it means everyone pays their fair share. There's some subsets to that. Uh, people in identical economic positions uh, with the same income should pay the same amount of tax because otherwise it's not fair between those two people in otherwise identical situations. Um, then generally that you should have a bit of what's called vertical equity and that is that higher income people should, they, well, they should at least be paying the same rate of tax that lower income people already do. So if it turns out uh, in New Zealand that wealthy people pay lower rates of tax than middle income earners, then those middle income earners will be asking, you know, what's the story, mate? Uh, um, so I think those are the, the you know, the, the, uh, our important principles. Obviously, tax administration needs to be efficient. Uh, but one of the ways, the other things you need to get right is you need to be encouraging investment and productive enterprise rather than speculation. Uh, because that way you get people investing in the sorts of things that create jobs and earn exports rather than just bidding up the price of assets. Yes, and um, we've had that debate for a few elections and the, um, the end result was the tax working group. Uh, one thing that struck me in, in looking at the speech and the discussion about the lack of information was that um, we have had two, two tax working groups in the last decade or so, plus a bunch of other reviews, it seems strange that um, we haven't yet got this information. That's right. I absolutely agree with you. You know, we haven't cracked some of these difficult issues for want of decent information. And very easy for these uh, debates to be misrepresented when you haven't got agreed facts. 
And at the moment uh, in New Zealand, we've got very poor data on uh, income and effective tax rates at the top, which is uh, you know what we're trying to remedy through this project. Now, one thing about tax change is that you know it's the holy grail of the political economy. It's a very delicate thing uh, and requires some um, very effective uh, political communication. And one thing that struck me about your speech was the um, uh, perhaps uh, un, um, unwilling but maybe um, obvious compliment to the previous government and that they managed to get the politics of the so-called tax switch right. And one thing that struck me and I recall from that time was this claim made by uh, Bill English and John Key that their tax changes were distributionally neutral. And I wondered whether uh, A, uh, you think that's ever been analysed, because I haven't seen that at all, and B, whether um, those sorts of uh, claims or um, analysis in any tax changes should somehow be embedded in legislation in the same way that the Public Finance Act or other acts ensure that uh, the government has to think about what this means for carbon emissions or what this means for net debt. Should also be asking the question, what does this mean for distributional uh, equity? Yeah, well, I have fair questions to ask. You know, I, I, did, I did actually pay a compliment to Bill English in the speech saying that he ran the politics of his tax switch very, very well. Uh, and he did uh, convince the public that he wasn't increasing the total amount of tax being gathered by the government. He was just changing how it was paid uh, and who paid it. Now, there were still disputes as to, and still are to this day as to whether it was distributionally fair um, but the message did get through that it wasn't increasing total tax. It was just changing who paid what. Now, my own view of that was that, you know, it wasn't distributionally fair and that most of the tax uh, reductions went to the people that had the highest income unit, earned the highest income, and they uh, didn't uh, spend it another way via the GST switch. You know, a lot of that uh, stayed in their pockets. So, um, but, you know, the, the wider point you make is what principles should we report tax policy against? Uh, and uh, I, I think that's a very fair question. So one of the things we'll be consulting the public on later this year is what sort of principles we should have embedded in a tax reporting or a tax principles act so that we can report outcomes of our tax system against agreed principle. So that in effect is that as news in the act is that you're looking to introduce legislation later this year, uh, a tax principles bill, which looks at um, ensuring these things are analysed and reported on uh, before any tax system changes, regardless of whichever government. And uh, that, um, that would, uh, in theory, uh, inform the debate better. Um, uh, just yeah, in terms we, of... We don't, we don't want there to be too political. We want these principles to endure, so they need to be about facts. And, you know, political opinion as to how you answer the facts that are disclosed uh, is, is and, and political difference, that will always be there. But we would hope that we can have a fact-based debate, which is less amenable to misrepresentation, because I think that would be better for the country, um, economically and as well as socially over time. And, and just finally, um, the IRD is, is doing some of this research you've asked them to do. 
Uh, when might we expect the, the juice, juicy numbers and uh, whatever um, at, at least the Labour Party believes it means or, or should um, prompt in terms of um, policy action? Uh, well, the, the uh, data will never be uh, presented in a way that identifies individuals. It will mm. be aggregated. Um, but I would hope that information would come out before the next election. Great. David Parker, the uh, Revenue Minister, thank you very much. Thank you. Brilliant, David. I really appreciate the, the time and I'll, I'll let you go. Okay. Thanks very much. See Cheers. You. Thanks. Bye-bye.